Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Lord, be with us. Speak to us. Strengthen us. Steal our hearts to know that you are God. We ask it as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I asked Dustin, what day was the hurricane? I mean, the days seem to have run together. I guess it was Tuesday late afternoon. Yeah, I mean, Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, so (laughs) immediately after the hurricane, the next morning, I came down here to church. And and the water had risen. Uh, The water line around the church was up to about three to five feet, depending on wave action. And so we... We hit the surge, and when I got to the front door, there was no water, just about maybe an inch on the floor here and about three inches back there. And because we have these electronic uh, locks, the, the doors were open. So I came in, and I looked down, and this is what I saw. There are fish in the church. So here's the loaves. There are the fishes. We could feed the 5,000 right here. (laughs) And then uh, out back, the dumpster from the restaurant was lodged in that corner to the the right of the back door. And and then we have these porta-potties. I thought maybe... You know, I thought maybe Ken Brandler brought those here, but no, just, they, they had just floated here from somewhere and uh, all kinds of things going on of this sort. But it was, um, it was wild and crazy. And, and then my, my phone was ringing. Ed and Lynn, their house got swamped. Uh, Bill Allen called me. His main house was fine, but the beach house probably took five to six feet of water. And Many of you know that he gives me access to that, and I want you to know I lost some of my worst clothes <laughs> that were there. And, um, uh, and so this, this, has, this has had quite an impact on all of us. But I also wanted to share this. We have a dear couple, not unlike many of many who are in our church, where one has a severe disability and the other is engaged in, in caretaking. And, and it's so hard. And I, I heard from, from Jack and Lucille, Jack Timon contacted me, and he had this to share. It was terrifying. 24 hours later, I took this picture. Our building and our chandeliers swayed for a full 24 hours as the humongous Ian crept forward at a snail's pace. Several buildings a mile or two south of us have been pushed off their foundations 
and will be demolished. There were 200 feet, we are 200 feet up in the, and the swaying is the worst. I was extremely dizzy throughout, felt like vomiting. My, my, the, the screeching and howling was resent, relentless throughout. Far worse after the eye passed and the rear end came viciously at our building relentlessly for 24 hours with a second, without a second of pause. It was like living inside a massive max strength tornado for 24 hours. We could see cars floating and banging into each other in our parking lot. Our ground floor lobby, off, lobby and office and my, two car, my new car were under five feet of salt water. I feared our 30-year-old building might give way. I did my best to comfort Lucille, who was so confused. She no longer is able to communicate and her hearing aids were without power. She's tone deaf. It's all part of God's plan, which we must not question but accept. We are okay. In fact, water, electricity, no internet yet, no internet yet were miraculously restored this morning. Our elevator shafts are still flooded and must be pumped and drained before they can be rebuilt and tuned, turned back on. Predicted to be the least, at least three weeks from now, as soon as our building managers can get someone here to get waters pumped out, we will know what damage has been done to the elevators by salt water. But we are told electronics must be ripped out, everything started over again, and the extensive safety tests and checks will be needed. They are now predicting that no elevator service until October 20 at the earliest, no parts available. And humanitarian crisis, of course, take precedence. So we will remain hunkered down, I mean hunkered up, on the 20th floor. Lucille is using a walker and there is no way to get down for maybe a month or so. Even so, in advanced Alzheimer's, she needs to remain here in her comfort zone, here. There is no place better for us than 200 feet up in God's sky but we are safe up here in the heavens. Tell everybody not to be concerned for us. We are in his loving hands. Countless American heroes are everywhere and we will work 24 seven for the weeks throughout Ion's path. Thank you, for, thank you so much for caring. Say hello, to us, say hello for us to all, praying for the millions far more impacted than we have been. And he asked, is this divine intervention? And he wanted me to remind you, he is 200 feet closer to heaven than the rest of us are. <laughs> but this was a man who writes in deep gratitude to God. Gratitude for the gift that God has given. And I'm reminded by the words of, of G.K. Chesterton, I would maintain that thanks is the highest form of thought. Gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Those two are dear, happy people. And they have, they have gratitude doubled by wonder. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the fourth chapter of Mark. 
As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go across to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving crowds behind, though other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were beating into the boat, and it, became, it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm, and Jesus said to them, Why were you afraid? You have so little faith. The disciples were terrified. Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. The point is, Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is not outside of it. We don't have a God who is off in his heaven while we're down here. We have a God who is with us in life's circumstances. Jesus was born into a world that was constantly asking the question, why would God allow this and that? Jesus was born into that world and entered into our situation with us. I can't believe the Templeton Prize, John Templeton was one of the trustees at Princeton Seminary, and he, of course, established the Templeton Prize. And they gave the prize to some Australian so-called theologian who said, we need to get over this stuff about God intervening, of God coming into our world and God participating in our life with us. Why would they give the prize to him? There's nothing theologically profound about that. That's just plain old good old garden variety secularity. And what we're dealing with is a Jesus, a God, who's in the same boat with us. He's in it with us. He doesn't depart from it. He doesn't escape and get away. He's in it. The amazing thing is, <laughs> he's asleep. He's asleep in it. Things that worry us don't bother him. We see the storm, we see the wind, we see the water rising. That doesn't worry Jesus. He's not afraid of that. In fact, he is so at ease with the realities of life as we experience these realities that he's sleeping. That's more than symbolism. That's a statement about the nature of God and his care for us. But what did the disciples say? Don't you care? <laughs> That's what we think when we're going through it. We call out to God and we say, don't, don't you care that I'm going through this? And they fear the wind and the waves. Jesus has no fear of the wind and the waves. They think Jesus doesn't care. And Jesus thinks that they just haven't woken up yet themselves. And yet, it is so very human for us to 
to be that way. So very human for the disciples, just as much as for us, where we wondered, you know, Lord, do you, do you care that I'm going through this? How many times do I have to pray? How many times do I have to cry out? How, how hurt must I be? How frightened must I be? And yet the Lord simply says, I'm with you. I'm in it with you. I am going through it with you. Jesus wakes up, stands up, and he stills the wind and the waves by a word, the very word that created the world, the very world that divided the waters, separating separating the land from the sea, the very word that divided the waters that allowed the people of God to make their way through to the to the freedom toward the, uh, the promised land. That word demonstrated sovereignty over all of this. All of this. And when it was done, oddly enough, the disciples then feared Jesus. Who is this? That even the wind and waves obey him. Who is this? He was one of them, except more them than they were. Jesus asleep in the boat is God taking on the full humanity that we have, except that he was taking on a a humanity that was more fully human than ours. Because when we are fully human as God has made us to be, And we could sleep through it all as well. He said, those, you have little faith. We have our faith intact. We look beyond it. We look over it. We look look through it. And Jesus, as he wakes up, (laughs) he first rebukes the wind, then he rebukes the disciples. But he's with them. And they know they love him. And they know that he loves them. And they know something new, not just about who Jesus is, but who they are. That their faith had faltered. So this is a time when our faith can falter or flourish. This is a time when, yes, the losses that have been endured have their way with us in the sense of our own grief and, and that deep sense of, of, of loss of some things that can't be replaced. I was going through some of my stuff the other day and I found a, a little book that was given to me by my grandfather. And it was, um, it was a book from, by George Bernard Shaw about going to church. And it was from 1905. I could lose my car, but if I lost that little book, so many of our people are, have lost some things that they don't even, they don't even know what, what they are until they're gone. We have so many things that can be replaced 
Yes, with inconveniences. But so many other things that have iconic value. Even now, I'm, I prepare to give my grandchildren things that I got from my grandfather and grandmother so that it's passed down generation to generation so that they know it didn't start all of a sudden with them. There seems to be the, uh, the attitude of many in our generation that there is no prior generation. It all sort of, it all is just us now. Again, Chesterton, what he calls the arrogance of, the, of those that happen to be walking about. And, and instead to have a deep sense of connectedness and history, a deep sense of, of our participating in something that, that precedes us and, and into which we simply have entered. You know, that's why I thought, even if we have no power, we're going to do church. Because the early, church, the early church worshipped in the catacombs of Rome where they could hide out from the Roman persecutors. I was in the home of some, some former Soviets in 1990 as the Iron Curtain was coming down and they had been hiding out. They had a couple of Bibles and they gathered quietly, secretly for up to 70 years. And they had their Bibles and their little icons, those things that they looked at to remind them, pictures of Jesus or pictures of the Apostle Paul that were drawn beautifully on wood. The icons of life, those things are, that are symbolic of that which has gone before us and that which we inherit and that which we receive. Those are the things that are lost to us in terms of our property that constitute a deep and profound loss. Maybe, maybe, Part of what the Lord intends is that we restore a sense that we're connected with one another. And we're connected to that great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. And we need to rebuild community life together where people care for each other. People watch out for each other. And where Republicans can laugh at Democrats and Democrats can laugh at Republicans because it doesn't matter. What matters is that God made us. We're all his children. And the Lord wants us to love one another as he has first loved us. You join me in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Dare I say it, Lord, thank you for the storm. Thank you, and as much as this storm carries the wind of your spirit. And we pray, O oh Lord, that that wind would once again hover over the face of the abyss and your creative work would come forth. Lord God, may this be an occasion for the renewal of your people. We ask it even now as we partake of spilt blood and broken flesh. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.